for a church family, a church body, that we don't just come together and, you know, say hi, greet, meet, talk, whatever, but we genuinely unify as one body, as one mind, in one accord, and we step forward in our God's presence, and we say, God, here we are, bringing everything that we have. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise, and I'm so grateful for a church that believes and actually does that as well. We have a few needs here we're going to take before the Lord here today. And I believe with that same faith that we have that rises when we gather together, it will rise again for each and every one of these needs. Samuel Williams, Judd Bryant, Cindy Pinson's granddaughter, Wendy May, James Harrison, Glenn Hines, Brother Dickey, Greg Morton, and then please just continue to pray for our community, not just for Paris, but our entire community, our nation as well. Because I believe, and I know just throughout the days that we've seen, that there's going to be several comings to church. There's going to be several news to church. And in those days, it's going to be up to us to show them the grace that we've been shown, to show them the love that we've been shown. And I'm just believing it's a lot of news in the church. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And I'm believing also in a few renewings. Renewing of the spirit. Renewing of a passion. Renewing of a burden. Renewing of a vision that you've seen before and you might have forgotten it. I'm believing in a lot of renewings and a lot of brand news to the church. And I believe that in your needs as well here today. Each and every one of us do. So if you have a need here today, step out in faith. And our ministers will anoint you with oil. And I believe as well that a few brothers and sisters will pray for you as well. Because when two are gathered together, it doesn't just put one to flight, but it puts 10,000 to flight. Amen? Jesus, Lord, we're done putting you inside of a box. We're done bounding you to something that you can easily exceed. God, we step forward in faith and uttermost belief. And God, we bring our needs to you. We bring a few of our desires to you. We bring a few burdens to you. We bring our financial troubles to you. Jesus, in your great name, amen. You'll never leave me. You said that you won't forsake me. You're right beside me, and that is all that matters. You'll never leave me. You said that you won't forsake me. You're right beside me, and that is all that matters. You are the covenant keeping God. You are the covenant keeping God. Yeah.
regardless of time, regardless of trend, regardless of style, you need to lift your hands and say, God, I haven't given up on you either, because he hasn't given up on you. Thank you, God. We're standing on every promise that you've given us, God. We have that ability because your word says it. We can have our confidence in you and never be filled because you are working it all out. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. This is more than singing. This is a commitment to you, God.
the doctor that I work for, he has um, a different religious belief. And um, I've been talking to him because he's searching for something so desperately that I don't think I've ever actually seen someone long for something so much. And so I'm trying to find the words to say to him without being too much, you know. And um, so I just keep telling him, like, don't say that. Like, this is what you need to do instead. Like, you know, I'm praying for you, blah, blah, blah. And the other day I went to his office. This was weeks ago. The other day I went to his office, and it was a foreign language, but I recognized the song, and it was a Christian song. And I got so emotional. I told him, I said, I know this song. He said, what? It's a different language. I said, I know this song. And I started singing it. And he was like, how did you know this language? I just said, I don't know. (laughs) But I knew that God was moving and God was hearing my prayers. And it wasn't how I really wanted to see it. I wanted him to say, hey, I felt God when I was listening to this song. But instead, I got to witness him just being in God's presence because God's music was playing. So I just want to encourage you today that even if it doesn't look like what you think it should look like, He's still moving and He's still definitely proving that He is great and that He is the only one who is able and He is still on the throne regardless of what the news said. Why don't you get in the news of the Bible? Why don't you read about what He will do regardless of what's going on in this world? Oh God, He's still moving one more time he's still moving yes he is he's so still proving just how great, how great he is, he is. How, great how great he is he's still moving yes he is September. Today is the Children's Church Animal Safari theme. And then on the 22nd, Ladies United Fellowship. The sign-up sheet is still out in the foyer for that. You do not want to miss it. I believe it's at Golden China. So that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And then 27th is Children's Church Back-to-School Celebration. So in Children's Church, they're going to be doing a big celebration for back-to-school. And then also on that 27th, your monthly mission pledge deadline is due that day so make sure to get that turned in 
and then jams every Wednesday evening. So kiddos, that sounds like a great time. And then September, the beginning of September, the 8th through the 9th, men would finally have an event, North Texas District Men's Conference. And it's in Euless, Texas. It's at Calvary Pentecostal Church. And the registration is already open online at Eventbrite, so make sure to go check that out. I believe we have a, yeah, there it is up there. You do not want to miss it. I, I believe we had, I don't know how many men we had last year, but I know it was a really large group. And last year was Brother Matthew Tuttle, and he did such a phenomenal job. And so, men, I cannot urge you enough to go to this conference. It really is wonderful. Then at this time, we'll have our ushers come to take the tithe and the offering. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, speaking from Jesus, and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. What is this rock you say? 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That rock which we build our foundation upon is Jesus Christ. And Sister Kylie was saying, sometimes we don't see the circumstances in our life changing the way that we would like it to look. Sometimes the way our outlook is, we're getting slammed by the winds. We're getting poured on by the rains. It really looks like the shingles of our house is going to fly off at any minute. But it won't. Because we're still standing on the rock of ages. And that rock of ages is Jesus Christ. And I just felt led to say today that someone needs to trust in that rock of ages. Someone needs to trust in the foundation that they've laid upon earlier in their life. Because it's still standing. And he's still moving and he's still proving and he's going to come through for you again and again and again. Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful display of your, ser- of your servitude to us. Thank you so much for your evident spirit that's here today. God, I pray that we would be able to give all that we could give to you spiritually, financially, emotionally, and physically, Jesus. Lord, bless this house of praise and bless the community and bless our state and bless our nation. In Jesus' name, amen.
God bless you as you're seated today. The Bible indicates that there are an innumerable company of angels that are in this place today. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, I will be there. When he's there, he has an entourage of angelic hosts. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him and delivereth them from them all. So you have a perfect right to expect thought patterns to change. That's the way the angels work. They help to bring a power structure that causes your mind to think possible instead of impossible. To think probable instead of improbable. To think holy instead of unholy. And so the way that the angels work is they transform your mind into thought patterns that weave a day into victory. No matter how many demons, sources of thoughts from the world, the light, which is the word of God, is stronger than the lies of hell. The book reveals Satan is a liar and the father of them all. So when you are attacked with the idea, I can't go any further. I can't be any better. I can assure you that's not God. God said, I am with you always. I will deliver you from the noisome pestilence. Those little thoughts, little thinkings that come, nobody loves me. Nobody really cares about me. I don't know if I can make it. I can assure you that the angels of God will never come to you with that kind. It will always be, call on me in the day of trouble. I will hear thee. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's why prayer is such a critical issue when the powers of hell are loosed in the media, in television, in all kind of settings, hate, jealousy, envy, strife. It's in the streets. It's creating darkness for children, for marriage, for future glory. I'm not willing with God. He said, I am not willing that any should perish, but that all should come, and I will give them rest for their weary, fatigued mind. It is one of the greatest opportunities in the world to pray. One of the next greatest opportunities is to gather together in a church service where that you can look around and feel strength from one another. 
I, I just challenge you. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I like that green shirt, Brother Jeff. Would you just stand up and see if you can smile at enough people to see if they'll smile back at you? Now, don't try. Look at them all over there. You see how effective it is? Now, uh, thank you, Brother Jeff. Uh, Brother Tanner, would you just cuss them out a little bit? I knew you wouldn't. That's the reason I picked on you. Would you just say hello? That's a whole lot nicer than that other, isn't it? Your world is full of all that. Your kids are having to go places where all of that is going on. And he said, but I am going to make my people the light of the world. You don't have to know them to smile at them. You don't have to know them to let them know that you care. You don't have to spend all day with somebody telling them, just tell me all your troubles. Just tell them what he said. Trouble is with you always, even to the end of the world. But casting all of your cares or troubles on me, I will take them and I will put them as far as the east is from the west. That's huge stuff. And you can't buy that not even at TSC. Thought I was going to say Walmart, didn't you? Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible makes it very clear it is high time that we awaken to our possibles. And that is his writing to the church at Rome. I want to move into as much as I can today about living forever in the right place. You deserve that. You deserve to live in the right atmosphere now. You do not have to be overcome with the grief that happens because of some things that go on in your life. Yes, it's right to bear one another's burden. Yes, it is totally correct to share the heartache with somebody else. So the Bible said, weep with them that weep. But he turns it right around and said, rejoice with them that rejoice. That is what the power of God unto salvation is all about. Getting the Holy Ghost is not about getting the Holy Ghost. Getting the Holy Spirit of God is getting power to transform your mind into truths that open doors to the possibles. That's huge. And I promise you, the devil is going to try to get you and your family to try to get stuff from this world that will make marriage, child-parent relationship a victory. It can't be done on this earth. I have watched people over and again. They have to, whether they go to church or not, they have to get a hold of spirits that belong to the kingdom. You've 
got to have confidence. You've got to have faith. And people can use those spirits. God has made them available, and they use them all over the world. The creative energy of God is in the hands of many people that are creating movies and things that destroy life. Creative energy only comes from God. But if you don't know how to please God, which is one of the upper levels, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Well, that's huge. I mean, I can assure you the devil is not going to want you to be talking in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, because howbeit in the Spirit we speak mysteries, for the Spirit itself maketh intercession with the Father. When you deal with the word Father, you deal with the word Source. And that's why you need a pastor, preacher image. I'm not going to be here many more years, 20 probably at the most. <laughs> Don't get worried. I'm just trying to tell you that Jesus Christ knows where you live. He knows what you're going through. And he said, if you'll come unto me, I will give you rest. That rest resides in the kingdom, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's more than just talking in tongues and going to an altar and getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's more than just going into the water and being baptized by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Those are entrances into, and without me, he said, you can do nothing of any real profitable value it'll all be earthly you can gain homes monies uh, I've heard the, that one family had 17 kids so you can do a lot it's just amazing what's going on in your world and so today as we move into this lesson I'm hoping that somehow I can convey to you things that will stimulate hunger in your mind. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Maybe I need to figure that out. That's what he said. He that hungereth and thirsteth after righteousness. How many of you know that salt is a help to get things stimulated? And that's what the Bible teaches that the church is supposed to be the salt of the earth. You are to stimulate what's going on out young. And so today, I want us to look at 1 Peter 4 and 10. I, uh, I wanted to try to put this on the overhead, but there's just so many things I want to say, and I don't want to get bogged down to uh, some of this, but uh, I, I want us to uh, look at 1 Peter 4 and 10, if you have your Bible. As every man hath received the gift, he's talking about the Holy Ghost, being born again of the water and the Spirit. Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards 
of the manifold grace of God. Now, I've tried to direct you to the scripture that deals with the grace of God, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little more in a little bit, but the grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and fleshy lust, we should depart from sin. Sin is separation from God. And so he's saying grace teaches us that separating ourselves from the things of this world and engaging ourselves into the word of God. So in First Peter 4 and 10, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I'm not going to read it three times, but I want you to really get that because Simon Peter, the, one of the apostles, is a very key voice. On the day of Pentecost, Simon Peter raised up his voice. And now in, in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 12, by Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein you stand. Then I want us to read in Titus, the second chapter. Now, the, these are notations to ministries that uh, have been uh, in need and they are trying to help others. So in, in Titus chapter 2, verse 7, in all things. I wish somebody just whisper it to yourself. In all things. Showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing no corruptness. Showing gravity. Gravity meaning a seriousness and at the same time a joyfulness. And then a sincerity. Verse 8 goes on with sound speech that cannot be condemned. Those are huge statements because you're living in a generation that the first feeling, they just vomit out any kind of statement. And then later they wish they could suck it back in because they realized it damaged their kids, it damaged their parent-child relationship, it damaged their boss-worker uh, relationship. Uh, we're in a generation, hurry, worry, bury. It's just real fast. The minute we get hurt, we want to hurt somebody because we want them to suffer with us because of them. We want them to suffer. And so... Your generation is in desperate need of ministry that will feed the mind, the heart, and the soul. Then when that occurs, it happens in the marriage, it happens in the child-parent relationship, and it happens in the workplace, and it happens in the socialization of our city and our county and our world. We are facing voting again soon. 
It's not about who I would like. It's who would help us to have the freedom to still pray, to seek the face of God, to have the kingdom-mindedness and not be threatened by all the things that are being loosed by government. Ladies and gentlemen, your children are facing same-sex marriage real powerfully now. We're not going to be able to shoot everybody that's doing all that crud. But what we can do is turn the light on. And when the light gets bright enough, the glory of the Lord will be revealed and people will run. And that's where you're going to see the book of Joel's revival when all of a sudden in the last days, saith the Lord, there will be a host, a huge revival. But he said at that same time, there will not be just a revival there will be a horrifying love for flesh. Well, it's going to pay rich dividends to us to have daily diet with the, bur the word and the spirit and the burden to, pe to help our people. So... In this, we go on to verse 9, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things and not arguing. The, the statement here, it says not answering again, but uh, that, that's arguing. And not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God. Do you see how close the doctrine of God gets right to the core of the world you're living in? It's an amazing thing. It's not about belonging to a club. It's about being a light. It's about being a river of light. It's about being a river of hope. It's about a, being a river of information. It's about being a river of why I do what I do and why I worship and talk in tongues and shout and dance in the presence of the Holy Ghost because when people praise God, the Bible said God shows up in more illumination. That's huge. We don't just come to church to go through a little singing and a little preaching and a little of this. We come because all of a sudden everybody begins to equalize their spiritual conduct and conduct offers power and power offers resources and then all of a sudden if one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand to flight and if there's anywhere close to 175 people today in this house, do you imagine what's going to happen out there in the corrupt world to next week? And all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord in some area is going to be the salt of the earth. It's going to be the wisdom of heaven. It's going to be the sanctuary of angels. It is, I mean, the possibles are here right now for this to be one of the best weeks for a lot of people that never did come into this house but because you emanate the glory of the Lord and the aura of joy, peace, and righteousness, all of a sudden our world begins to shake and say, there's hope, there's hope, there's redemption, there's victory. Somebody's got it and we got to get it. 
Can we praise the Lord just for the opportunity? tried to wrestle with repeating this because some of you have heard it so many times but for the sake of those that have not heard it I want to say it very clearly the greatest church sanctuary in the world ever 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 to be and in that the pastor visited the people twice a day. So you would think that the most wise, powerful information available could keep two people in a sanctuary that was perfect. And the sanctuary is in the first three chapters of the Bible, Genesis. And that was called Eden. And the pastor was called God. It's in our Bible. Why it hasn't been dug out more, I don't know. Perfect sanctuary. And then, both of those people backslid. That is enormous to this guy. I can hardly imagine being able to cite, C-I-T-E, all of the wisdom of the universe and pour it into two incremental settings Adam and Eve and they had it perfect and they surrendered perfect to a destiny that our world is living in now here's what I gained out of it as God and I were talking about all this years ago and I, I, I just I mentioned this part to you just recently again but I was riding down the road and I told God, I said, why did you let Satan get in your church? I mean, why did you even let him get in? Where were the ushers? Why did you let Satan get in your church? And he, talk, he spoke to me as quick as I'm, uh, I can even breathe the next breath. He said, I will never have a forced bride. The people that live in my holy city will look to me as the God of gods. The people that look to me for the holy city, they are the people that are going to be satisfied with having a God like me. 
They're not going to have another opportunity. They're going to choose the God they serve. And they're going to live forever with the gods they serve. But I promise you that all that junk going on out yonder is not going to satisfy you bringing a bunch of kids to this world. Satisfy them with the Holy Ghost and fire. Satisfy them with the bread of life. Satisfy them with the oil that never runs dry. Satisfy them with the victory that overcomes the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about just going to a building. It's about looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith and the glory of a redeemer that became flesh and became sin and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth that said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and burdened down with care, and I will give you rest. Come here, sir. Come here. I'm here to tell you, you young men, both both of you sirs, come on up here. It's high time that we congratulate young men that are absolutely saying, I refuse to live in the devil's crowd. I refuse to live in the worldly system. I love this kingdom of life. I love this kingdom of the almighty God. And I want to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look up your redemption draweth nigh. I'm here to tell somebody you're in the right place at the right time. Walk away from anything that looks like sin. Y'all just shout your way back to the bench. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's not about how good a guy can say it. It's about the, what the quality of what is said. I said it's about the quality of what's said. I've watched men preach the gospel and people come out of sin because of that and then find out that the preacher was an adulterer. He didn't make it, but he, he spoke enough of the word of God that somebody else did get it. Let me encourage you today. Don't you give up on anybody because they haven't come quickly. Some of us didn't get here quick. I grew up in a home with one of the greatest mothers in the world and she had five other kids beside me that pestered the fire out of me. I just wish she just had me. Wouldn't have had to put up with all those four girls and that boy that would call my brother that he could whip me and I made me real mad. Ladies and gentlemen, you never should feel bad if your children don't behave exactly right. You should never feel bad. You should feel good that you know how to get them home. Turn the light on. Love is one of the greatest lights in the world. Forgiveness is one of the greatest lights in the world. Caring is one of the greatest lights in the world, but wisdom exceeds. And so learn of me, he said, and I will give you what power you need. Because in the past, and I, I did a whole lesson on this about 15 years ago, but the Bible said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And everybody thought as soon as I got the Holy Ghost, the whole family is going to get in line. Don't happen. Because you're going to have power. 
No, no, no. You've got to understand the power is for you to overcome, and you become such a light because you love this Holy Spirit, and you love holiness, and you love godliness, and you love righteousness, and when that is in you, you are a lamp unto the whole world, and a light unto the whole world, and a lamp unto their feet. And so then the feet go, and they carry your carcass where they go. And when they see us playing footsies with the world, they go a little deeper. So shun the very appearance of evil is not just a glittering statement out of the Bible. Shun the very appearance of evil is a glory that puts us in a setting in which without a question, our kids don't have to wonder if we are really like them or whoever we are. We are the light of the world. But that ought not to be a pride factor. No, 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 no. You are to reveal Jesus Christ. And when they see him in me or you, then they don't feel like they're just copying us because we are a copy of him. And they trace it back. Oh, oh God, how wonderful. I got rid of all my sin. Uh, that old horrible weight of being wrong and doing junk that I shouldn't have done and all of that other stuff. How could I ever praise you enough? Well, part of this setting is what we're looking at here. And, and Titus, uh, and uh, the, let's, let's jump down here to verse 9, exhort servants to be obedient to their masters, not prolonging and all that that I read. But verse 11, I want us to really get it. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Well, how many of you have noticed that the world system has developed a religious system that takes away what I'm fixing to read to you out of this same chapter? Verse 12. You want to underscore it in your Bible as the grace of God that bringeth salvation. That doesn't say you're saved because he's out there. It's a choice. So what does grace do? Verse 12, out of your King James Version, gives you the definition of grace. You don't have to go to Harvard. You don't have to go to any college. You don't have to study any Greek or Hebrew or any of the above. This verse describes Grace, the grace of God that bringeth salvation. I wish you'd say that to yourself in your heart at least. The grace of God that bringeth salvation. It doesn't say you're saved because grace is next door. It doesn't say you're saved because you're sitting in a house of grace. It brings salvation. Guess who salvation is? Jesus Christ, our Savior. We celebrate Christmas because 
Jesus was born, who is our salvation. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Well, guess what? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father. The Father, again, is a spirit. God, the Bible tells you very clearly, God is a spirit. Why in the world the people that are smart have allowed people to mystify and try to sanctify something that's wrong? God is a spirit. He's not a person. I mean, nobody can violate the will of God or the word of God and get by with it. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. There's not three beings. God is a spirit. He is the father of creation. Anytime you hear the word father, you're talking about the source if you have a wife, you are the source of that marriage. If you have children, you are the source of those children. The word father just means source. And the spirit created all things. God created all things for himself, not themselves, for himself. And God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, I'm quoting to you scripture, we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Jesus Christ dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that could be in the spiritual climate of holy and creation is in Jesus Christ. That's why neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's in Acts 4 and 12. And neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name. The word Father is not a name. That is a tribute to a source. The word son is not a name. You can't cash a check with the word father or son. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I'm here to tell you, you got to have a name. And neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Somebody say author. Somebody say finisher. That is who Jesus is. That's why we serve Jesus. That's why we let his word become our pilot. That's why we let his word become our light. That's why we let his word become our life. That's why we let holiness rule and reign in our life because we don't want unholy. I can tell you, uh, throw me that bottle of water. Whose is that? Is that yours? Are you afraid to drink out of it? A little nervous about it? Well, let me help you. Excuse me. That's about how somebody feels. They get a little bit of touch of God and they think they're holy.
anybody spit or try to change the word of God. The carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to the law of the spirit and neither indeed can be. Pureness is an equality that we need now. And that's holiness. Holiness is purity. And that's what we need in this city right now. That's what we need in our county right now. That's what we need in our world right now. Upright. Right. When you hear them say that, it's not negligible. It is so, so powerful. It becomes glorious. I'm here to tell you praising the Lord has gotten to be something that people do as a little exercise to become a community church family. I'm here to tell you praise the Lord in the morning. Praise Him in the noon. Praise Him in the evening. Praise Him for everything. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. It's high time for the church to go through the day and praising God for money. Praising God for a house. Praising God for a car, praising God for mechanics, praising God for all the places that are alive but I'm not going to join with them because they're serving the people of God. I am going to give God the credit all things possible through him. So oh that clock runs fast on Sunday. It's so slow when it comes payday. And for me, it's Sunday. And that's why I just hate to see a lot of empty seats because I know it's going to be the, the bag's not going to be completely full. <laughs> I'm just having you a little fun. Good gracious. I'm not worried one bit. Y'all have taken care of us way better than we deserve. I cannot thank you enough. I'm just trying to get your mind working right now. Ladies and gentlemen, when we wake up in the morning, it's time to praise him. If you got any sleep at all, he gave it to you. If you got any rest at all, he gave it to you. And if you didn't get enough rest last night before you go to bed, cast all of your cares on him. He can handle all that you got going. And so when you go to sleep, go to sleep in the name of Jesus, under the blood covering, knowing that if the things of God come with angels and says, That's not the way the trumpet's going to sound. It's going to sound in your heart. Just like the voice of the Spirit that quickens you when you're about to do something wrong and the trump of God, the voice of God, speaks to you and says, uh-uh, 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 don't do that. And nobody but you knows that you were about to hurt somebody. Nobody but you knows that you were about to do some evil to somebody. Nobody knows. Just put it right back under the blood and, and say, Jesus, forgive me for even having a bad thought about my husband, my wife, my kids, my mother, my dad, my friends. Don't. 
let me, let me help you a minute. Because I am seeing so many people and hearing so many people say stuff like this. This is the last thing I do. I'll never forgive them for doing what they did to my family, my son, my life, or whoever. I'll never forgive them. Let me tell you the bottom line of that. You'll never be forgiven. You don't want to live in that kind of covenant because if you don't forgive, he doesn't forgive you. Straight out of the book. You don't want to be holding a grudge because you corrupt your heart. When you hold a grudge, are you cold? She's wrapped up in this blanket. I couldn't hardly unroll her. See, carried away with that. I forgot where I am. This, this whole idea of forgiveness is a choice. He forgave you at Calvary. Forgiveness has already got your name on it. All you got to do is go get it. And it's there. It's in the atmosphere right now. Your sins shall be as scarlet, but repentance produces white as snow. Is that awesome? So, oh, Mr. Stupid down at the store tried to make you feel stupid because you're such a Christian. And as crazy as it sounds, the flesh jumps up all of a sudden and wants to slap them. I mean, that's what happened to me one day. Or several times. But here's the part. When you get unforgiveness in your heart, you live with their dumbness or weirdness. And you have to take it to the altar, the Bible says. Put their vagrancy or negligibility on the altar. You're free. And he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's, I don't want to live in corruption. I don't want to live with vagrancy. I don't want to live in poverty. I want to live in the riches of the kingdom. I, I want joy, peace, and righteousness uh, to be a river. And I want to be everybody in the city have to taste of the river of purity. Would you lead your brother-in-law around the parade and maybe your stepfather right there behind you I know it should be the other way just 
just you don't have to get real vivacious with it. Just sort of praise the Lord, smile at the people. Keep about 20 feet between you, if you will. Like 20 feet, people. Yeah, there you go. I can tell they're not carpenters. I didn't come to church to go to church. I came to church to get bread. I came to come to get wine. I came to get renewed. I came to get power. Hallelujah. I praise the name of the Lord because there's a wonderful crowd here today that loves godliness and holiness and righteousness and thus the production of peace and joy. Now pick it up a little bit, guys. In the last days, it's going to quicken things. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Does anybody want to join them in worship? You don't have to join them in worship. There's another one. A San Antonio boy. Hallelujah. There's a revival bursting loose in this city. There's a revival bursting loose in this sanctuary. We're not going to be dead, dull, and boring. When they come to this house, they're going to see worshipers. They're going to see dancers. They're going to see joy. They're going to see peace. They're going to see righteousness. They're going to sing kingdom privileges. I'm here to tell you today it's still joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's still wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. Yeah, I don't want you guys to get too strong. I won't be able to keep up with you. Could we stand? The musicians are coming. No way to finish this lesson. I do want to say it as you're finalizing that. In Titus, where he deals with that scripture, and uh, Sister Lisa, do y'all have all those papers? Uh, just a minute, don't pray too loud. Just a minute, I want to get this. Uh, what is the top caption on that? Okay. I have a paper that I put together for all of us so that we can help our city. And it's been in the rack, but and some of you already know it. What's the top of it say? That what? No, say it real loud. That studying the Bible is critical. And so what it does, it shows you Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John develop your faith it shows you the book of acts is where you engage your faith it shows you where all the way from romans to jude to manage your faith the book of jude houses that we are let me say it like well i want to i want to say, say titus first teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. And I quoted that to you a while ago because I want us to understand Hebrews 2 and 3, that so great salvation is critical to us. And any of this stuff that, that maybe you didn't get the scripture and you want it, please feel free to call the office. We want you to have information. So right now I want us to thank God for what we do have and I want us to pray for our city that we will be a living letter Jesus. and a vocal voice of God's power. Yes, 
in this generation. And if there's anybody here that's not been baptized in the name of Jesus, we've got the water ready. If you don't have the Holy Ghost and want the Holy Ghost, Bible says in Acts 2, 37, 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you, to your children, even as to many that are afar off. While they play the song and all over this building, people are praying. I remind you that it's evening time. I remind you that the darkness is covering the earth. And he said, in the evening time, I will come. Just before dark takes over. All over this building, could I get some people to travail for our city? Could I get some people to weep and cry for those that are underprivileged? If you want to come to this altar and pour a few hot tears out, the Bible said the intercessors between the porch and the altar are a very essential part of the revival. I will keep praying. I will keep fasting. The fact that there's fake Christians doesn't mean there's not a real one. I'll keep believing. Weep for your children. Weep for your mother. Weep for your dad. That's what the Bible says. We've been mad. Endure for the night. For joy is coming in the resurrection. We've got to give more time to travail. We've got to give more time to old-fashioned prayer and to talk in the Word of God.
I want to really press the issue. Titus tells us unequivocally, the grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and fleshy lust, we should depart from sin. Don't let some corrupt professor act like he knows more than God. That book's been in print for years before any professor ever got here. That was just followers. The grace of God teaches us. They have taken part of it and tried to make that the whole. We are really not worthy of him teaching us how to live godly. But through the blood of cleansing and through the authority of the name, we have power to walk away from carnal thoughts into spiritual thoughts. And thus, the grace of God is that he can teach you, sir, how to walk in the highest level of life. But you've got to come out from the world and be a separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Have a great day knowing this. I'll be here in the same station preaching the same Jesus. I love you. And I'm not willing for your kids, your family, or your friends to go to hell unless that's the decision they make.